Hello and welcome to the Conversation of Money podcast. This is where we talk about money, investing and all things personal finance. I'm your host, Peter Komalafe, and it's my mission to help you make the best financial decisions because money is a tool, life is for living. But first, a message from our sponsors, MoneyHub. MoneyHub is on a mission to engage and empower its customers to take control of their financial data and improve their financial wellness. Winners of Best Open Finance Innovation at last year's Open Bank Expo Awards, MoneyHub provides a central place to see all your accounts and assets in one place so you can see exactly what's going in and out of your account. With the widest range of connections available in the UK, you can connect to your current accounts, credit cards, investments, pensions, savings, mortgages, and loans with ease. This gives you visibility across your entire financial universe. Once connected, MoneyHub will break down money management into simple, actionable steps. You can analyze your spending, see how your investments are performing, and set yourself personal spending goals. If you are a homeowner, you can connect your property and see up-to-date property valuations via Zoopla. Or if you rent, you can report your rent payments to Experian to give your credit score a boost. To get started, download the app and sign up to your free six-month trial with no automatic renewals. So you can choose if you want to continue after the trial is out. With Money Hub, small improvements lead to big achievements, whether it's paying off debt, boosting savings, or monitoring your investments. Money Hub makes money management simple and convenient. Download the app today on the Apple Store or Google Play. I will leave a link in the show notes. All right. Welcome back, everybody, to the Conversation of Money podcast. Thank you so much for joining me this Monday morning or in the midweek, if you are listening to this midweek. And thank you again to Money Hub for sponsoring this podcast this quarter, making all of this possible. Today, I want to talk a little bit about becoming a financial planner or a financial advisor. Many people have questioned and or asked me the question over the course of maybe the last two years of how do you actually get around to being a financial advisor or financial planner and if you've watched my film it's on um, YouTube um, I actually kind of explained that I fell into financial services and as a byproduct of that I found myself on a course to qualify as a financial advisor all the way back in 2014 around about there that I broke off to advise for a period of time as well but in answering this question I wanted to bring on someone who actually speaks on this on a regular basis he speaks in the uh, environment of being a financial planner in fact he's got a podcast he hosts a podcast called the financial planner life podcast it's really really good and he's also the founder and director of recruit uk which is a a recruitment company that recruits into the financial services sector. So there is no one better to talk about this topic than than my guest right now, and that is Sam Oaks. Welcome to the podcast, mate. Thank you, Peter. How are you doing? I'm pretty good, mate. I'm pretty good. We haven't spoken since last year, so happy new year to you. I know you've been uh, you've been incredibly busy. I feel like I, I see you all the time though on YouTube. Obviously, you're everywhere now, so I feel like I see you every day, Peter. Yeah, I mean, well, that is the goal to hopefully be seen <laughs> everywhere. I mean, yeah, I work in this room all the time creating content, so it's it's nice to yeah. know that people are seeing what I'm creating um, on online stuff. So, yeah, oh, I mean. Definitely. I know that you're the best person to speak about this um, because obviously with the podcast that you run, you give a glimpse into what it's like to be in this industry, as it were. You've also recruited into the financial services industry via Recruit UK for quite some time now. So I think you're well qualified to talk about it, but just for the benefit of the listeners, mm. why don't you give yourself just a little bit of a, give them an introduction to you and what it is that you do. Uh, yeah, sure. Absolutely. So I'm Sam Oaks. And um, as you said, I'm the host of the Financial Planner Live podcast. 
I set that podcast up to really give um, everybody, people either in the profession who are looking to progress their career or people outside of the profession, a window into the profession and how to get ahead. So learning from other people, basically. There wasn't a huge amount of content out there, as you've just pointed out as well, that was directed at anybody that was thinking about becoming a financial planner. For a profession that's got very few financial planners in it and a lot of an aging population of advisors leaving the profession, I think the last count was around 27,000. We're, you know, we're crying out for good quality financial planners to come into the profession. There's a huge opportunity there. But nobody was communicating to anybody around what it's like to work in the profession and what opportunities lie ahead for somebody. So a lot of people like within university, et cetera, thinking about their careers, they might be thinking about accountancy or solicitors, but they weren't really thinking about financial planning. So the idea was to really give a window, a view into the profession and hopefully inspire some people to get stuck into this this awesome profession. I'm also the uh, founding director of Recruit UK. I've been doing that for 13 years and we have a niche specialism within financial planning. So I've been talking to financial planners for over 13 years um, so we know a thing or two about that as well. Prior to that, I worked for Aviva. So I was a trainer at Aviva and I used to train out financial products to customer service staff. So that was kind of my early exposure really into um, the financial planners because we used to also talk to financial planners on a daily basis that were phoning up and asking for sort of pension reviews and all that kind of thing. So um, that's my background. Um, that's what I do. And that's where I am at the moment. So I guess the the best question to start off with is, what does a financial planner actually do? Because mm. I think many people will be confused. Well, what is it? So can you elaborate on what your view of what a financial planner actually does day to day? So the way that I would describe what a financial planner does is they will provide somebody with peace of mind a financial plan for their future, which takes away all the stress and all the worry that planning for your future can bring. Whether that's if something would ever happen to you if you were to die, what would happen to your family, what would happen to the house, your the money you owe, et cetera, et cetera. So they talk to individuals about protect, protection. You know, they also talk to individuals about their future. So what are they going to do when they retire? What age are they looking to retire? Have they got enough money to retire? So taking away that sort of fear factor involved in, in respect of that as well, but also looking at individuals that have some money to invest whether that's putting it into some regular savings or putting it into stocks and shares. So it's talking to those individuals about where they can invest their money and get the best return on it as well. And the idea of a financial planner really is to package that all up for the individual client and give them that peace of mind. So they're not sitting in bed every single night worrying, sweating about how to pay the bills when they get older, how they're going to pay the mortgage off, et cetera, et cetera. So it's like financial well-being is how I would describe it. Mm. So one of the key things that I want to kind of get across in this episode, I guess, is that um, a sense of what the industry at the moment looks like in the financial advice um, arena, because you've already uh, alluded to the fact of, you know, it's only 27,000 of them. And ultimately, there's a large proportion of those 27,000 advisors who are aging. So they're going to be retiring soon in the next 10 years or so. And there's also, you know, obviously this um, pull for younger people to get involved in the industry. So for younger people, I guess the question is, why would you want to become a financial planner or potentially have a look at being a financial planner as a career uh, prospect? Okay. So yes, as I sort of touched on, there is uh, a circa at the last count around sort of 27, 28,000 financial advisors, registered financial planners out there in the UK. 
And the average age of the last count was around sort of 55 years old. So you can imagine, they reckon over the next 10 years, well, next five years, sorry, around 10,000 financial planners will exit the industry. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. So what it really leaves is a lack of financial planners. But what you also have is a, a population that's obviously aging and a population that's getting wealthier and also a great transition of wealth that's happening. So there's a huge amount of money being passed down generation to generation. And a lot of those individuals are going to need financial planning. And there isn't enough financial planners really out there that can talk about tax implications, et cetera, et cetera, um, out there to give that to, to give that advice. And the tech companies really haven't caught up massively. There are a few out there that are offering sort of financial planning solutions, app-based, et cetera, but there's not really true financial planners out. There's not a huge amount of true financial planners out there. So right now, why somebody should really look to get into the profession is there is just a huge opportunity. There's so many people that need financial, like proper financial planning advice that, mm. you know, probably would have got it from a bank yep. historically. So they yeah, might yeah. have popped into a bank and gone and seen, you know, gone into a bank uh, and got that advice. But um, due to the restrict, you know, RDR that happened a few years back, the yeah. retail distribution review that changed the way that financial planners had to charge for financial advice, a lot of the banks stopped giving financial advice because they couldn't really afford to do it. So where people used to go to the banks and get financial advice, they don't, they don't do that anymore. So there's a huge, again, huge demographic of people out there that just aren't getting the level of financial advice that they really should have. Therefore, massive advice gap. So if somebody's sort of sitting there and thinking, like, well, what could I do for a career? What could I do um, uh, that's going to be sustainable for me in the future, earn good money, build great client relationships, professional job. Financial planning is an absolutely amazing profession to get into for that very reason. Mm. So I want to ask you this, Sam. So I had an email from a listener called Callum, and he is, his, his background is financial services, but he wants to actually get into the industry, okay? Now, he has taken exams at this point in time off his own back, and he's been trying to reach out to companies, reach out to firms, to essentially try and get his foot in the door, be that an admin role or a power planning role, whatever it is. He just wants to get his foot in the door. He's found it really, really difficult to kind of get an in or someone who's willing to speak to him. Where should someone like Callum start if they're serious about this kind of career? So yeah, I feel for Callum then because he's not alone there really. Um, it is a very difficult profession to get into, but the profession is changing because they're going to have to start looking at taking people who are either inexperienced or taking people from outside of the profession and um, in other professions, perhaps other professional, you know, like could be marketing, for example, and moving those guys across into financial planning. I think there was a there was a, um, a survey done by Octopus Investments that interviewed lots of financial planning firms, and most, I think it was like forty percent, are going to be looking outside of the profession or at types of graduate or academy type schemes to get people okay. through the process. Mm -hmm. um, some of the advice, some of the advice really for Callum um, would be is how are you going about looking for those job opportunities? Mm. Are you just putting your CV on a job board and hoping they'll come to you? Or are you reaching out directly to, to companies and sort of expressing an interest in financial planning and selling yourself 
saying what it is you are actually doing, what skill set you have, the fact that you are taking some of those qualifications. Now, I assume by the sounds of it, Callan might well be sort of more entry level. So he's looking for a route in at the, at the we say the bottom, right? And in financial planning, if you're getting into a financial planning firm um, at the bottom, then you're going to be looking at something like um, an IFA administrator or an administrator of some sort. Um, so there are plenty of those types of positions and they are entry level roles where they will look at people that don't have experience. But one thing these firms do favor is that they do favor people that are, that are taking the time to take some qualifications. Now, my advice to Callum would be is that you may struggle if you're relying upon recruitment companies to help you get into these financial planning firms, because why would a financial planning firm want to pay a recruitment consultant, a middleman, to find them someone that probably will come knocking on their door anyway, if they're enthusiastic about working in the profession? So what you should get from that is what Callum should actually do is that Callum should market himself. And that's my advice to anybody really, who's kind of younger, um, if they are um, looking to get into the profession, um, is to market yourself. And the quite simple way of doing that would be get yourself on LinkedIn, look at the geographical location of where you live, make a list of all the companies that are actually um, financial planning firms within the distance that you would want to travel, make a list of those on a spreadsheet. Yeah, you can get all that from Google, can't you? Have a look at some of the names on there of people that you think you should connect with. So people of influence within the business. It could be the, the, the hiring manager. There might be somebody like that in there. It could be one of the senior IFAs. It could be a power planning manager. Go onto LinkedIn and start connecting with those individuals. And when you connect with them, just reach out. I really want to become a financial planner. This is what I want to do. A nice brief statement. And this is what I'm currently doing at the moment. These are the transferable skills I have. This is the energy I'm putting into my own um, studies. This is what I've learned so far. I was hoping I could grab 15 minutes of your time just to see whether or not you could help me on my journey. And by reaching out directly on LinkedIn and doing that, by reaching out also with an email to these firms and actually dropping in an email, cover letter, nice and simple, nice and brief, just again, touching on the things that you're doing and just saying, this is where I am on my journey. This is why I want to become a financial planner. I'm really showing that you've got a keen interest in it. It's very difficult for firms to turn that away and to not have at least a conversation with you. So if you've got 30 firms within that general location and you do that, I guarantee you, and I've told this to people numerous times to go and do it, and they come back to me and say, Sam, your advice was spot on. I found the job um, or interviews. They, they won't turn you away because they are enthusiastic about taking people on who want to become financial planners. If you're relying upon the job boards, if you're relying upon recruiters, if you're relying upon people finding you, good luck with that because they're out there trying to find the top end financial advisors. They're trying, they're trying to find the power panel, power panel with experience. You have to make your own luck, but it's not complicated. It really needn't not be complicated. And what you're also showing there as well when you do that is you're showing your ability to market yourself, therefore prospect, therefore business development, which in the long run is a huge part of becoming a financial planner. The people who run these firms, the people who run these financial planning firms are people people. You know, they're used to business developing. They're used to prospecting. They will be, they will show utter respect to you for reaching out in that manner. 
so many, so many gems you just dropped there, Sam. And I couldn't actually agree with you any more than that because um, there was a phrase that people always used to use with me when I was, you know, back in the day, that we are a people business. We deal with people, but we just happen to deal with the financial side of people's affairs. And I think that's really, really important when you consider what a financial planner essentially is. As long as you're able to build a relationship, build rapport, then you're pretty much halfway there. And this, I guess, kind of brings us on to the conversation about skills and qualifications. But before we do that, I wanted to ask your opinion on things like academies. Is it worthwhile someone going down the route of a of an academy for financial advisors? So for example, uh, SJP have one. Um, I know that OpenWork also has an academy Academy for financial advisors. Uh, Mattioli Woods, I know that they did have one, I don't know whether they have one still, had an academy for financial advisors to take you through your qualifications and show you the ropes. For anyone who is perhaps interested in becoming a financial advisor, in your opinion, are academies actually a worthwhile route to explore? Very strange. You know, you've got you've got companies that are investing heavily now in internal academies. Now, academy kind of you might say at the financial planner academy or become a financial advisor. And again, it's really dependent upon your journey and where you want to end up. Because when you get into the financial planning profession, you don't have to just be a financial planner. You can make a career out of becoming a power planner, for instance. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Now, the way you got to look at it is you just got to question what that academy actually is and what does that academy offer. You mentioned a couple of names, Open Work. You mentioned St. James's Place. Now, the idea of their academies is to get somebody up to level four qualification, teach them what a financial planner does, et cetera. But they want them to get up and running as, say, self-employed partners, partners of St. James's Place. So somebody who's like 21 years old, for example, perhaps doesn't have a huge amount of life experience, perhaps hasn't built lots of connections with wealthy people or introducers because they just haven't been out there doing that. Um, For them to step into like an academy where the aim of it is to become self-employed at the end as a partner is very daunting, very stressful because, you know, for you to go out and win and find clients is going to be incredibly hard. But also not to mention the fact that you haven't really understood the culture of working within a financial planning firm. So therefore, you know, when you go in and say an administrator, work your way through, maybe you become a power planner, you start to understand the systems, the processes, you start to sit in and then you shadow other financial planners. So my my, my point around academies is you've got to be careful that you're not getting into something where the sole aim at the end of that six months or 12 months is fast tracking you to becoming a financial planner because just getting your qualifications doesn't make you a financial planner. Absolutely not. Um, but the term academy is being dressed up with other firms. So Mattioli Woods, they're an employed outfit. So they would have like an academy style approach there where you come in as a trainee, but you learn every aspect of the job. You're, you're, you have the security net and the security blanket of a salary. And I remember I spoke to guys at like St. James's Place and you, know, you might go in there in an academy um, angle it really does suit somebody who, say, has come from another profession. Maybe it's like a second career to them. So maybe they're in their 30s, 40s or something, and they've built up a really good um, network of, uh, of quite wealthy people or introducers. I had a really great guy who was a marketing manager, and his job was obviously to do marketing for quite large firms. Therefore, he had lots of connections with very large firms. He could go in there, open them up, and provide some advice to their staff. So part of his business plan was that. So when he went in and he sat down and he went through the academy approach, he was able to articulate 
what his business plan was and why he wanted to be a financial planner, why he didn't want to go down the admin route, etc. Why the skill sets he has are massively transferable right now. And to me, that's perfect because that person just wants to get up and running and earn some good money because they're probably used to earning really, really good money. Now, when you look at things like academies through networks, such as um, uh, St. James's Place or um, what was the other one you mentioned again? Um, Open work. Open work, for instance, right? So those companies have got, you know, they're a network, aren't they, essentially? Let's call them a network, right? And underneath it, they've got loads of individual firms that all um, are like appointed representatives that are working underneath them. Sometimes what happens is, is those little appointed representative firms are piggybacking off the back of the academy. So they're trying to grow their firm. They outsource, if you like, the training and development within the academy to those guys, um, they then do it all for you. But that person's also sat in their firm learning as they go. And sometimes those firms will provide a salary. Sometimes they won't. They'll do a, a deal based around self-employed where maybe you get paid on protection business once you've got one of your qualifications. Um, so my advice to anybody when you look at the academies or you're thinking about the academies is just dig a bit deeper. But what's the expectation upon me? <clears throat> and these guys usually do a very good job at doing their due diligence because they don't want to put anybody through an academy that... Um, it's going to fail, you know, because it's pointless. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. I mean, some really, really good points that you've also made there, Sam. And, you know, one of the things that you mentioned that I think is really, really important to highlight is the fact that, you know, if you are, you know, in your 20s, 22, 23, 24, going through an academy, whilst they yeah. just show you, you know, all of the qualifications and get you there, there is a there is another side to this around marketing and bringing clients on board. I mean, I remember it was one of my biggest challenges, finding new clients. And I had some connections already, um, but building the business out, um, knowing that you've got to bring clients on board, you've got to market yourself, you're actually building a business that can be actually very, very challenging. And if you're not in an environment that's going to give you the the support mechanisms to help you grow and be successful as a business, that is a, a key consideration. We all know stories of financial advisors who have built a very, very nice book of business and are able to live off the recurring income. But there's also a lot of work that goes into that. So I guess my next question for you is, you know, for people who may be looking at the financial advisor, financial planner route as a way for them to build a career that has progression that allows them to perhaps have a little bit of freedom and uh, autonomy over their day-to-day -day running what do the actual um, career prospects look like from a day-to-day practical basis from your end having recruited into the financial services industry over the last 13 years with recruit uk okay cool that's a good question um so if you're coming into the financial planning profession there are there are there are more options now than there ever was. Whereas before it was just kind of like you come into financial planning, you become a financial planner and that's all you do. Whereas, you know, with the, the bringing, you know, with the changes in regulation, the amount of evidence that needs to be provided now to be able to show the due diligence has been done correctly on any advice that's given, it's opened up the compliance side massively. So compliance, administration, power planning. I mean, if you came in as an, an administrator, let's start at the beginning, Beginning, right? Let's say someone's on like Callum, for instance, right? He's on his journey. He's come at the beginning. He comes in as an administrator. So what options are there for him? Well, he can come in as an administrator. Then he can move into like senior administration where role, role, response, you know, role, role responsibility goes up. At that point, he might then be being shadowed. He might be put onto a program where it's like, well, okay, well, how about becoming a power planner? So we'll mm -hmm. teach you about all the research side and everything like that. Mm -hmm. So he might move into a trainee power planner role. He might get a few qualifications under his belt whilst he's doing that. And within the role of power planner now, I mean, there's like, 
it's not power planner gets used as a term like for an administrator it's like you're not an administrator <laughs> no it's no, not anymore it's not, you know and what i'm i've been speaking to a lot of um firms now and saying like you need to break down your, what your role of a power planner actually is so therefore you can move through the ranks of power planning all the way up to becoming like a power planning manager now, if you wanted to then become a power planning manager, and if you had an entrepreneurial streak as a power planner, there's nothing stopping you then from setting up your own power planning company mm. and becoming a, you know, an outsourced power planning firm. And what I mean by that is instead firms hiring power planners internally, they'd use your power planning services. Mm-hmm, and mm-hmm. you could build loads of clients that all use your power planning service and you hire loads of power planners to join your business. So you look at the Verve Group, Kathy Harrison at the Verve Group. That's exactly what she's done. She's built a massive outsourced um, uh, administration support for financial planning firms. And she's doing really, really well on that side. So that's one clear route in. If you're sort of more of an analytical research, um, maybe not so extrovert, more introvert perhaps, perhaps you like the detail. You might you get turned on by tax or whatever, you know, all the things that are nitty gritty. Mm-hmm. Um, power planning is a really fantastic route to go down and you can go all the way up to running your own firm. In fact, I had somebody on recently, um, career in power planning. She partnered up with somebody in compliance. They've set up their own financial planning firm. Two, two people setting up their firm and they're both from a compliance and power planning background. And now they're hiring financial advisors. Mm. So don't dismiss that route if you're, if you're on, if you're, if you don't dismiss the idea that you can run your own business, if you're only going down the power planner route and mm. the route down there, you start off say as an administrator on like 18,000 quid a year, right? You could go all the way up to power planning manager on 70, 80,000 quid a year, you know, around that sort of figure. A good quality chartered power planner could command 65 to 70,000 in today's market. Mm. And like financial advisors, they're rare as rocking horse shit. Yeah. Yeah. There's not many of them out there. So the the, the drive for pushing the salaries up around the power planning side, we've seen an increase and an increase year on year. So really, really good area to work in there. But just bear in mind, it's more of a research focused one. But if you are somebody in power planning, who's then thinking, well, I quite enjoy the face to face element of it as well. What they do with power planners now with those types of power plans, they'll bring them into the client meetings. So you can be a client-facing power planner. Mm -hmm. And you're sitting there, you're doing all the writing, the research, you're listening, you're asking questions. You might Mm -hmm. even be passed over to you to explain the more technical, deeper understanding of the investment or something for some Mm -hmm. people, their pension. Um, And the financial planner would rather really be the relationship person there. And you're kind of like the guy who knows, is guy or girl that knows their stuff and gives that kind of client uh, a, a deeper level of understanding. And therefore, you know, you can be that type of person, but you don't have to be in a power planning role. You know, you can be in the background if you want to be, or you can be client facing. So that's one route in the in the financial planning that I think is really exciting for somebody like that. And also suits anybody research analyst based, I think. Um, the other side is obviously becoming a financial planner. So if you come in as an administrator, you might then sort of get some exposure. You might have, you want to raise your voice and say, I want to be a financial advisor. And really to be a financial advisor, first off, you need to be level four qualified. So when you come into that firm, you want to be making sure that you are doing your qualifications. Now, whether that's going down the CII route, the LIBF, uh, the CISI, it doesn't matter. As long as you're level four qualified, you're able to give financial advice. As long as you've had some competent advisor sign off to do so. But if we look at the route of becoming a financial planner, let's go from there. So Callum's gone, right, I want to be an advisor, administrator, 
perhaps cut his teeth in there, got some of the qualifications, started building relationships with the, in the financial advisors in the firms. Perhaps he's, you know, touched a bit into power planning and done a bit around that, made it very clear he doesn't want to be a power planner, but he's cut his teeth on it, earned his stripes, understood how the business actually works. From there, might then move into like a trainee financial planner position. And really dependent upon the firm that he's working for is dependent upon how he then gets clients. Because as I mentioned earlier, lots of advisors are going to be leaving the profession over the next 10, five to 10 years. Therefore, there's a huge amount of clients that need servicing. And what you're finding with some of these firms is they need to filter those clients down. And that's where that trainee advisor will start working with a handful of clients, perhaps. Yeah. So there comes the exposure on that side. But those clients are your firm's clients that you're working for. They're not yours. But during that period, you might then start to get some confidence and build relationships and, uh, and get referrals through the clients that you're dealing with. Or you might go out yourself and start working with accountants or solicitors, or you might know a load of YouTubers and you become a, a niche YouTuber uh, financial planner. Whatever your mm-hmm. niche and speci- best specification is, there's a whole load of opportunity if you go out there and win those clients. And then you might get some confidence. You might stay with that firm. They might make you a partner. You know, and you might earn, be starting to earn some really good high basic salary with that firm, getting some amassing some assets under management, and you might stay with that company for the rest of your life. But what can happen within financial planning is that you build this confidence. You're like, well, I can do this myself. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. I don't really want to work for anybody else anymore. And I want this to be, which you said earlier, a lifestyle job for me. Mm-hmm. So at that point, you can leave that firm and you can set up on your own. You could go self-employed because maybe you want a higher slice of the the earnings that you're making. Maybe the firm you're working with are taking more than you think you're worth. So you could go off and you can go self-employed. And the way to do that, you could either go directly authorized by the FCA. But if you're doing that, you're having to look after all the compliance as well as going out and winning clients, Mm -hmm. which is a major headache. Or you can go down the network route and set yourself up as an AR, which means if it was Callum, it would be Callum's IFA sitting underneath open work but mm-hmm. all the branding would be Callum's and in that AR practice that he builds he could build out a team of people that sit underneath it he could have a hundred people working for him but the network or the national IFA for example is looking after all the compliance they might offer some other services power planning marketing support whatever it might well be so there's an opportunity to move into running your own firm without the stress and the headache of all the compliance side. And that's mm-hmm. becoming an AR underneath a network or a national firm. Mm-hmm. Or you might just say, I just want to be just me. So you might yep. just set yourself up as a registered individual. And you might be, you know, again, Callum IFA and Callum works on his personal brand. And that's how he gets business. He's just one person, again, sits under a network or something. They take care of all the compliance, et cetera, et cetera. And he's happy enough running his job doing what he's doing, earning good money, picking his kids up when he wants to pick his kids up, no stress of running a business, et cetera, et cetera. Or it could be that, again, you want to be a directly authorized firm. Benefit of being directly authorized, you're in total control of your business. So if you want the compliance in there, whatever it is you're doing, you answer to the FCA. So you could run your own directly authorized business. So sky's really the limit when it comes to a career within financial planning Mm -hmm. on the side of becoming a financial planner. But one thing I definitely would say, really, I think lifestyle. So if you're picking the idea of running your life, you build, living a life that you want to live, pick, like I mentioned, like picking your kids up. So you mm-hmm. could be a, a, you know, a woman or something that's got young children, right? Mm-hmm. The last thing you want to be doing is being told to be sat at your desk at a certain time every single yeah. day. You want to yeah. be picking your kids up when you want to do it, go on holidays yeah. when you want to do it. And that's where the financial planning route really, really can be a benefit and really open you up to a kind of flexible working life. 
Absolutely. And there are so many great examples that you've given there, Sam, in terms of different career paths and different roles that you could occupy within this space. And I think if you're listening to this, I hope that it's opened up your eyes to the potential possibilities that are actually out there. And particularly when we talk about, you know, financial planners specifically, I mean, it doesn't really matter how much of this uh, wealth management um, or financial advice tends to go online or tends to uh, manifest itself in apps. We're all apt out at the moment in terms of options that are available on your phone. That skill set of being able to deal with people and have that intricate conversation with a person to feel that you're getting a tailored uh, personal service is always still going to be there. And we know that there are going to be a, a large swathe of the existing advisor population moving out of the industry in, in the next five to 10 years. So now is an opportune time for anyone, younger people who want to perhaps explore a new career to be able to look at this and think, okay, there might be a few things that we can actually do here. And you've already, you know, alluded to the qualifications. You have to be level four qualified. You've mentioned a few places where you can actually take uh, those exams if you if you want to do so. But just on the power planning side, Sam, even as a power planner, you would still be required to get some form of, of qualifications to stand you in good stead, right? Right. Yeah. So hundred percent, you know, being a power planner, you need, you know, you need to do your you know, minimum level four qualification to be taken seriously as a power planner. You can do a power planning job without these qualifications. You know, there isn't a requirement to be level four qualified, but in the profession, the profession will look at you. And if you don't hold level four, A, it kind of holds you back on what your potential earnings could be as well. But also it doesn't show to them that you've got the, you haven't invested your energy and time into the study. Therefore, perhaps you're not as detailed a power planner as they would want to take on because again remember the power planner is like that support to the financial advisor um you know they they tend to know more than the financial advisor because they've got more time and energy spent in that research and uh, analysis and data you know as opposed to an advisor who's thinking where's my next dinner coming from you know when am i going to i got to go take that client out or i've got to go and win some more business or i've got to do a presentation or a seminar or whatever different you know different skill set required for, for for different roles definitely so for everyone who might be listening to this and would like to have a conversation with you sam how is the best way yeah. for them to get hold of you so you can go to financialplannerlife.com and you can um you can see some of the podcast episodes that are on there we're on about 70 episodes and if you get on there and have a little look it's like i say it's a window into the profession as told by those that are actually doing the job and i've got people on there that are uh, administrators power planners running their own businesses you know trainers all that kind of stuff so there's lots of different people to to learn from there and you can check out there you can reach out to me at recruit uk as well so recruit uk is my recruitment company um and um you know if you are somebody that's serious about becoming a financial planner and have invested some time and energy and got some qualifications under the belt perhaps you've got a little bit of experience maybe you're working within financial services but not financial planning reach out to us because i've got recruitment consultants that would happily talk to you um either give you a little bit of knowledge or potentially put you forward to clients that we work with that would consider someone like like yourself you can find me on linkedin search sam oaks um, if you search the financial planner life podcast on google you find it on amazon you find it on all the big hits spotify apple youtube uh, there i am i'm out there mate Perfect. Perfect. Thank you so much for this, Sam. I mean, this has been a really good conversation and I hope that everyone who's listened has actually gained something from this as well. Um, I'm really conscious that um, we've kind of 
use some terminology interchangeably here. You know, financial planner, financial advisor, they essentially mean the same thing. And I, I will look at getting an actual financial planner on as well, because I think there will be power in maybe having a financial planner actually talk about it from their side. Um, and I know that you do that on your own podcast as well. So if you haven't, you know, listened to the Financial Planner Live pod podcast, it's worthwhile checking out as well. But yeah, I'll, I will get a financial advisor on as well so that we can continue this conversation from a different stance at some point uh, in the next few weeks. But yeah, go on, Sam. I was going to say what I could also give you as well, um, if your listeners um, would find it helpful, which I think they will, is I put a guide together mm -hmm. that outlines all the different qualifications and how much they cost all in one guide. And it yep. gives people a bit of an idea of timescales, what the qualification is and how much it costs, et cetera. So I'll give you the hyperlink to that and they can download that. Yeah, that will be absolutely amazing. I'm sure that that will be uh, very, very helpful as well. I will, I'll put all of those links in the show notes. So if you have listened, listened to this, thank you so much for being here. Thank you so much for paying attention. Um, look, this is all about trying to help you earn money so that you can live the life that you want. It's not just about investing, obviously. We do talk a lot about investing, but obviously there are lots of facets when it comes to life and the life that we aspire and want to live for ourselves. So I do appreciate every single one of you for listening. Um, until next week, having an amazing week. And remember, money is a tool. Life is for living. I will catch you next Monday. Have an amazing week, whatever it is that you do. Thank you for listening to today's podcast. If you enjoyed the episode, be sure to check out other episodes and share with the people closest to you. New to investing? Check out Peter's course for first-time investors designed to give you the foundation you need. If you prefer one-on-one -on -one coaching, book a complimentary discovery with the man himself. All links in the show notes.